0: Well, good morning and greetings in the precious name of Jesus. It is a blessing to be here. Having been in Shenandoah last Sunday, it seems like a, a while since we had the privilege of worshiping here at Waterworks. So it's good to be here, and I'm glad you're here. I don't know if you have a favorite writer in the Bible. Maybe some of you like the, uh, Paul's writings. Or maybe some of you say, "Nah, they're kind of hard to be understood. Even Peter said that. When it comes to the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it'd be interesting to see which one you would gravitate towards. Maybe you like Matthew and his historical writing to the Jews emphasis or Mark's concise Gospel uh, or Luke's educated approach, or John's just down-to-earth simplicity. Well, I would—I I don't want to categorize them. They're all very the equal of importance, and so forth. But I really appreciate John's gospel. I have heard numerous times, and I can't say that I've ever done it after praying with somebody and uh, giving someone has just given their heart to the Lord. I've heard of numerous, numerous, in numerous testimonies where the person that just gave their life, committed their life to Christ, was told to read the Gospel of John. And I would like you to turn to the Gospel of John, and I'd like you to go to the back of the book, or near the back of the book, John chapter 20. That's where I'm going to be looking at a text. John chapter 20. And actually before I, I put the text on the... Give you the text and put it on a slide, I'm going to just uh, relate, uh, relay a story that has been very inspirational to me to say the least. I doubt whether you know the name Margaret Clarkson. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. She was a teacher in, the, in a gold mining camp in northern Ontario. She had a longing to serve on the foreign mission field but she was a sickly child or a sickly youth I should say she had health complications and because of her health she could she was limited she could not travel to a foreign field but she felt called to serve as a teacher she had aspirations of where she wanted to teach but the door did not open where she had aspirations to teach so the door opened in, uh, like I said, a little gold mining camp in northern Ontario. And the setting was very hard. She wrote of the hardships that she went through, sufferings and lonelinesses of every kind. She wrote of mental Suffering and mental loneliness. She wrote of cultural suffering and cultural loneliness. And I'm not sure if I could really unpack what she meant by that. But particularly, she wrote about spiritual loneliness and spiritual suffering. In other words, in the setting that she was called to serve, She had very little spiritual support. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where there was encouragement. Where there was people behind her praying for her. Getting right beside her. And uh, caring about what she was, was going through. But she faithfully served. She knew that this was her calling. And she knew she was sent. She felt sent to this little village or area or gold mining camp, it was her go forth. It was her calling. It was her sending. It was her father in heaven that sent her. And she knew that Jesus was sent for a mission and she lived her life with the same calling. I'm sent. I have a mission. I want to be faithful. Well, one day in the middle of some intense suffering, she turned to the Gospel of John. And you're at John chapter 20. Just put your eyes on in your Bible, if you will, or on the on the slide if you don't want to turn to it. John chapter 20 and verse 21. Jesus Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father sent me, even so send I you. I want to say that again. As my Father sent me, so send I you. Back to Margaret Clarkson. Those words were just what she needed on that one day of loneliness. Now, I'm not a hymn writer, and you may be, or many of us are not. Maybe some of you are given to poetry and can express your thoughts in poetry. Well, she got down with a pen and a paper, and she wrote, So send I you to toil for me alone. So send I you. To suffer for my sake. So send I you to taste of Calvary. As my Father has sent me, so send I you." And she started just writing some of those thoughts. And we'll conclude with her song that you may or may not be familiar with. But i just like to highlight in this text the fact that just as jesus was sent jesus is saying here just like the father sent me so send i you and i'm not going to spend a lot of time on context i probably should uh just get the context i think we know it it's right after jesus had uh, died, was buried, he was uh, missing, you could say, and the, and, and the disciples were afraid. It says they were, they were scared. And Jesus showed up, and he says, peace, peace be unto you. It's okay. They sh- he showed him his side, and then he, he, he made, isn't that amazing? It's one of the first things he said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. I remember years ago, I don't know, six years ago, so I lose track of time, so it's dangerous to say times. Uh, the older you get, you, the more you understand that comment. But the very first REACH conference that Faith Builders held in this area, I think the very first one was up in the Faith Builders' uh Guy's Mill's area was very small, and then they moved it to this area, and it has grown and grown and grown and grown. Now they need a venue that, that can accommodate thousands. But I remember the very first one that was held over near Mount Joy several years ago. There was a panel discussion, and I remember sitting in the audience and listening to the panel discussion, and the panel discussion... Oh, by the way, if you're not familiar with with Reach, it is a, it is a, uh, an event that... Faith builders puts on that many mission organizations are there, and it has a it has a missions emphasis. So, so you had at this event uh, so many missions represented, and I just remember uh, seeing the table of men that were serving on the panel, and they were the older, sixty-year-old uh, folks that have just decades and decades of experience. Of some of actually many of them, a lifetime of service and missions. So they I felt that they just really had uh, an understanding of missions like few few of us probably ever will have. And my takeaway from that panel discussion is the conclusion that those men had. I mean, they wrestled with question after question after question. Some of the questions came in, I thought, boy, I am glad I'm not sitting on the panel. But the conclusion that that I took away from that panel discussion as they said it is so important that every person on the field or off the field is sent sent in other words some many people are just they, they have a calling they're sent and unfortunately they didn't say it in their own words but Some are just kind of running. They're running from relationships and running from problems and running from... And there is a huge difference in those that are running or maybe just adventurous and there is a place to be adventurous. But those that are sent, there's that obligation mentality not only to the Father but also to a group of people that sent, probably one of the, send them, I should say, probably one of the best pictures of this, what I'm trying to talk about, what I, uh, what I remember uh, sitting at, the, at, at Reach, uh, one of the best pictures of, of, of this is in the book of Acts. <coughs> and you probably know the story. One of my favorite churches in the, in the book of Acts is the church at Antioch. Sometimes study that little church up north of Jerusalem. They had a diversity of cultures and backgrounds and so forth, and they had a mentality to to work together. They had an incredible teaching program, they had teachers, and that's where uh, Barnabas remembered hey, there is a man named uh, Paul, Saul, Paul, that was kind of running up. And he, he's back in his hometown of Tarsus. I gotta go up and get him. This is where he's gonna fit, because he didn't quite fit in some of the other places where, where he was uh, ministering. Anyway, Paul came there, and he was part of a, the, uh, of a teaching program that was just incredible. They, they taught the Bible. Not only taught the Bible, they prayed, they fasted, and they they realized the world is bigger than just their little huddle, and that's when the Holy Spirit said, "Separate Saul, or I'm sorry, Paul and Barnabas, and send them on the first missionary journey." That changed the entire world, by the way. And then you have the second missionary journey, third missionary journey. But the picture in Acts thirteen three. And somebody tried to uh, illustrate it there in the church. You have two men and you have a body of, you have a church, the church at Antioch. They laid hands on them. There is something significant about uh, being sent, not only by the Father, but a group of, 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 an organization, a church, laying hands on them and sending them away with a mission. Somebody else tried to illustrate it with this picture here, and I like it. I, in, in fact, I wonder. The day came, you know. The Holy Spirit said, "Send Paul and Barnabas." And then, you know, you plan, you plan, and then the day comes where they actually get go down to the boat, <laughs> or some of you maybe go to the airport or get in the car and you go. And that that day is momentum. Then there's some momentum about the day. Well. I like to picture that many of the church went down there and they're saying goodbyes and away they went. But they're sent. That's my, the highlight, the point that I want to bring out this morning is we're sent. As the Father sent Jesus, so Jesus sends us. So send I you. Well, I would have loved to attend the service when they came back. I don't have this... Uh, uh, reference on a slide, but it's Acts 14.22, when, when they came, no, I'm sorry, verse 27, 14.27, so they came back, guess what they did? I mean, it wasn't the days of where they could, uh, the church could follow them on their social media platforms and so forth, it was silence. And anyway, they came back and they all got together and they got, they had a church service, probably not planned. They probably all just came to the church service. And it says that Paul and Barnabas rehearsed all the things that God done with them. It's beautiful. Sent. They're sent. So let's look at some other verses. Romans 10 verse 13 to 15. We know these verses. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him who they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. I like those verses. John 8, again, Jesus said, as he, I'm sorry, and he that sent me sent me, is with me. And the Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Wow, I can't stop to elaborate on those that verse, but it is, it is, it is beauty. Then in John 17, Jesus is praying, and Jesus is praying to the Father, and he's, and he's talking in regards to, to uh, his disciples and us. He said, Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth, as thou sent me into the world, Even so have I sent them into the world, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, for they also might be sanctified through the truth. Again, what am I emphasizing? Sent. If you don't forget everything else, the Father sent Jesus, Jesus sends us. We're sent. So send I you. So we're back to John 20, excuse me, in verse 21. Peace be unto you, as the Father sent me, so send I you. Now, I'm not a Greek scholar at all. I wish I would have taken some Greek classes that SMBI offers. I remember going to SMBI and thinking, oh, I don't think I'm going to waste six weeks spending learning Greek. Oh, what a, what a, uh, immature thought that was. Now I realize the important, the, the, what flavor and understanding the, the actual original Greek does shed light on because we are, we are, I appreciate all the translations, but the original manuscript, here's my point. In the very original Greek manuscript, well, let me back up. Did you ever notice that there's italicized words in your Bible? There's words that are in italics. And the words that are in italics are there because the translators thought they need to add an English word to to, uh, help us understand what's really in the Greek. Well, the word my is italicized. That's in italics. And that wasn't there. So uh, I kind of like that. So apparently the translators felt that it needs to say as my father. But let's skip the word. Let's skip it. As Father sent me, so send I you. I'm good with that. As Father sent me, it's almost like Jesus is, we're we're family. We have a Father. Well, whether that is important or not, I just thought I would note that. And and, and I like it. So let's come back to the text and let's just put yourself in the disciples' shoes. I don't know if you've ever done that, read through the Bible, and you just put yourself in the person's shoes. What would I do? So, now remember, the disciples had just seen the cross. They just saw the burial. They just heard Mary's story of the empty tomb. They heard about Peter and John's race to the tomb. And the fact that they believed. And now they were gathered together. They were trying to unpack what's going on. And they were afraid. They were afraid of the Jews. Jesus shows up. And the fear yields to joy. In verse 20, it says they were glad. And then comes what I would like to say is the first commission from Jesus. So send I you. As Father sent me, So send I you. Now, if I were a disciple, I'd probably think real-life scenes. I mean, if somebody says, okay, just as I had a mission trip, you're going too. So you would think, okay, what all happened there? Just as. I wonder if uh, Peter says, yippee, we're walking on water. (laughs) As the Father sent me, so send I, I'm going to walk on. I can almost hear Peter say that, can't you? Uh maybe they said, hey, we're going to ride a donkey. We're going to ride into Jerusalem, and people are going to be throwing palm branches down. And we're going to, this is going to, as the Father sent Jesus, so he's going to send us. This is going to be great, grand, and glorious. Well, maybe they thought, oh, remember the day Jesus? they wanted to make Jesus king? <laughs> They're going to want to crown us. I wonder what the crowns are going to be looking. Probably not. Doubt it. There were days like that. There were days of victory. There were days of triumph. But very fresh in their minds was the dusty trail that led to the cross. That was a very fresh, raw memory. I put this verse on the slide. Maybe this is the scene that they remember so good. Uh, you know, this is a side note. John 666. Uh, six, six. There's a lot of fear about, oh, 666. Six, six. This is the 666 six, six to really be worried about. John 666. Six, six, okay? It helps me remember the verse. That's, John 666 six, six, six says, From that time, Many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. That's when Jesus said, are you going to go also to Peter? No, where would I go? You got the words of eternal life. I wonder when Jesus said, the Father sent me, so send I you. Reality really settled in. This is not going to be a life of walking on water. Oh, we might see some miracles along the way but the trail to the cross was a reality. People turning back and walking no more. That's reality. I wonder if reality set in. I wonder if reality really settled in when they just thought back to Jesus in the garden, especially those that were with him, And Apparently Jesus told him, I think he was alone at the point, but there was a point where Jesus looked into the cup and he says, I don't want it. I, this is my calling and I don't want it. That's what Jesus did. And if you have a calling before you and you're wrestling with it and you don't want it, I, I can't say you're a wicked person. Jesus did it. He looked into the cup and he said, I don't I don't wonder, isn't, isn't, there, isn't there any other way? And you know what he said then? Then he stopped. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining. He paused. And he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I wonder if that was just fr- flashing in front of Jesus. I mean flashing in front of the disciples. The, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And then well, the angels came and strengthened Jesus right after he said that. And then look with me to the, the, the band of 600 men. If you read the, the, I forget which gospel it is. It says a band, John's gospel. It says a band came up over the hill. And that, by the way, that's usually 600 people, 600 soldiers against one. And they wanted a battle. And what they, the soldiers didn't know that the battle was all over. When soon as Jesus said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done, no battle, and by the way, same for you, same for me. Whenever you come to that point, not my will, and that's hard, not my will, but thy will be done. The battle is over. Period. The battle's over. Soldiers didn't realize that. They came marching up looking for a battle. Jesus comes out and greets them like friends. Well, maybe, maybe they remember of, maybe Peter remembered, oh, I, I sliced the guy's ears, ear off because I thought it was I was doing a just deed. And, and then Jesus goes and picks the ear up that I just sliced off and puts, puts it back on heels. So send I you. That's how you're going to be sent. Well, whether, I, I can't be sure what flashed through their minds, but I hope you, uh, hope you enjoyed my imagination. Uh, or maybe hopefully it was inspiration to just imagine what could have flashed through their minds but what it, what is important for you and for me is that we are sent just like Jesus was sent now what i'd like to do is just give you three 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 words that i think help me understand Jesus sending. Number one, we are sent with the same method. And to help memorize it, I'm using the alliteration and the letter M. So here's the M&Ms of the message, okay? We're sent with the same method. We are sent with the same method. The method was not angels. Did you ever wonder why God didn't, the Father didn't accomplish his program with, some, with angels, couldn't they get done far more than we could ever get done? That wasn't his will. Listen carefully. The program will not happen through political power. The Jews wanted it so bad. They longed for political power to come in and take care of the problems. But it wasn't that way. The method that the Father used in sending Jesus was servanthood. That's the method. We're sent with the same method. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was was made in the likeness of men, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even the death of the cross, I hope you caught it, the form of a servant. Serving. I can hardly take in the fact that Jesus simply became a man. That, that to me, is mind-boggling alone. But then he could have came as a king and still been a man, right? But he chose to be the lowest of the lowest, so he always had a, a... down looking up attitude or that's how it looked from the street level sent with the same method wherever and whoever you serve as much as you can be like them without compromise be like them we had the privilege of serving in Grenada, and i learned i made so many mistakes but i did learn that when i can live as much as i can like them eat like them plant gardens like them, be carpenters like them, and let them teach me how to, um, us how to make food. It is so, you'll be able to reach them so much more. My point, we're sent with the same method and it's servanthood. Relating to people, oh, I wish we could just stop at uh, at the well and see how Jesus ministered to the woman at the well. Look at him weeping with Mary and Martha. Look at him calling Zacchaeus down off of the sycamore tree, going into his house, sitting down in his house always socializing with a purpose in mind. Yo, oh, he got a ridicule for it, but he never was there just to hang out, okay? For for the, he hung out. I'm using some casual terms. He hung out, but he had a mission. He always had a mission. He got, accu- he got accused. So he was serving. He was always serving. He had a longing to bring these people into God's kingdom. Sent with the same servanthood. So I want to encourage every one of us this morning to realize that we're sent. And be, and let's be servants. Serve as many people as you can. Build as many relationships as you can. Wherever you are, build relationships and try to serve. The method is servanthood. I've recently heard someone say, or second-handed, that they just want to be served. Tired of serving. And I feel that way, you feel that way. But hopefully it's quickly repented of. I feel that way, you feel that way. And the person that I got 2nd secondhand probably felt that way. Ooh, not a good testimony. I'm so tired of serving, I just wanna be served. The method is servanthood. Secondly, that's the first M. We're sent with the same motivation. Now, motivation is what drives you. What drives you? What energizes you to do what you're doing? Okay? I'm sorry. Do cartoons have a place in a sermon? Here we go. I hesitated to put this on a slide, but it... I get it. You, you, you ever saw the donkey and the man on the riding the donkey? Carrot out front, rod out back. Did you, ever get, did you ever get what the point is? The man is motivating the animal to get done what he wants, he wants to go. So the carrot is motivation by reward. Okay? And I wonder how many of us are motivated by reward. If I get this, I'll do this. Is that your motivation? If that's my motivation, that's a pretty uh, shallow reason to do what I'm doing. Well, if that don't work, if the carrot isn't really, if the carrot isn't in the isn't really the thing to eat, well, then we can use the rod. <laughs> if you don't do what I want you to do, whack! Punishment! And that, by the way, punishment can be motivating. And I wonder if there's any of us here that do what we are doing, not because we really want to do it, because I'm afraid if I don't do it, it's going to something bad's going to happen to me, and it's not going to feel good. And both get the job done, right? Both kind of work, but they're not really good reasons to do what we're doing. If we're doing it for reward, if we're doing it to avoid punishment, I just question the motivation. There's a better motivation. You know what it is. Yes, the love of Christ constrains us. New King James uses compels us. ESV says controls us. That's motivation. So the love of Jesus, in other words, Jesus loved people. That's, why he, that's what motivated him. And I wonder, is that what motivates you? Is that what motivates me? We are sent with the same method. We're sent with the same motivation. Oh, how Jesus loved. Let me back up and just uh, before I show you that picture, uh, I just want you to just picture with me. And I should have put a slide up about this. I could have got a, a slide of Jesus lifting up the children in his, in, in his arms and loving them. Watch him. Watch him hold the children. They come running to him. He holds them up. He blesses them. He loves them. He speaks life into them. And let me just give you a side note here. You've you've ministered to children. I know you have. Somewhere in your life, you've been into uh, uh, perhaps orphanages. You've been into places where where where, uh, children have so many disadvantages and life just is hard. Maybe maybe cruel. Fanny Crosby one day was in a setting where a youth. Now is it Fanny Crosby? I forget the whole story. Yeah, it was. She she was blind, so she didn't obviously see it, but she could feel it or something. Th- something. But anyway, there was. A, she was so motivated by a, a youth ministry, just just blessing and loving children, just the same way Jesus lifted up children. These youth were blessing children, and she wrote in one of her hymns. She said, "Touched by a loving heart, wakened by kindness, chords that will vibrate, chords that were broken will vibrate once more." Sometimes we're not sure where all the uh, origin of the beautiful hymns that we sing, they come from. But, but just get that setting. And here, back to my point, motivated by love. Beautiful picture of Jesus, whole blessing the children. There's so many way, so many other pictures you could get, you could talk about love. But how about this one? You know the story of the rich young ruler? It says, then Jesus beholding him loved him. That's after he came running to Jesus, by the way. This guy came running to Jesus. And what can I do to have eternal life? And Jesus says, he looked at him and he loved him. And he said, one thing you lack, go thy way, sell all that you have, and give to the poor. And then thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and take up the cross and follow me. You know, sometimes love isn't always nice and if you're like me i'm guessing that you just you, you, you like to be nice it's hard to be hard it's hard to say things that are hard but sometimes you got to say things that are hard speak the truth in love speak the truth in love love must be the motivation love isn't always oh yes god bless you sometimes love says you need to sell everything that you have brother because that's controlling you. That's de- that's making all the decisions in your life. Well, he went away sorrowful. Love, sometimes love will cause you to shed tears. Jesus wept. There's some discussion about why Jesus wept at Mary and Martha uh, in Mary, Mary Mother's house when Lazarus died, but he wept, and he wept more than one time. William Booth, you heard that name? He founded Salvation Army. I think it was his daughter that he sent to Paris. And the mission was to establish a Salvation Army there. And it was very difficult, extremely difficult. Back in the day where you didn't have uh, good communication, she sent a letter back that was dripping with discouragement. And William Booth sent two-word telegram to his daughter. Two words. The two words were try try tears. Try tears. In other words, care about the people so much that you cry. I don't know the rest of the story, but I have heard that. Blessed are they that mourn. When the te- what a blessing when the tears flow, not for yourself, but for the sake of others, and even for the sins of others. Tears of love. The best, or I say the only motivation of being sent is love. Lastly, end quickly. We are sent with... The, oh, I'm sorry. This is a, a repeat echo. We're sent with the same motivation, love. Number three. So first of, first of all, we're sent. We're sent with the same method, servanthood. We're sent with the same motivation, and that's love. And I am so thankful that the message didn't change. The, we are sent with the exact same message. It does not change. We don't get updates. We don't get, oh, tonight at 11 o'clock while you sleep, your Bible will be updated. (laughs) There's no updates. This message is the same. And I'm so glad it is. It is so simple. Back in Matthew 4, Jesus began to preach, and he said, repent. Repent. For the kingdom's at hand. And he goes on, and he sees a few people, and he says, come and follow me. And I know that's very concise, uh, but it's so simple. Repentance, believing in Jesus, and following him. That's the message. We are, we, are caught, we are sent with the exact same message. By the way, repentance is a lot more than just... Discontinuing bad habits and establishing good habits. I used to think repentance, okay, stop smoking and drinking and gambling and whatever, drugs and whatever, and just uh, go to church. (laughs) Uh, Repentance, that's that's Repentance 101. Repentance is continuing. We are living out repentance. Repentance is whenever we understand that's the world's values and that's the kingdom values, and we embrace them. In fact, that rich young ruler, he wanted to embrace kingdom values in theory, but when it came down to reality, he wasn't willing to. So repentance is just embracing kingdom values and forsaking the worldly uh, values. And believing in, I mean, do we really, do you really believe that that the motley crew in the ghetto, if they really believe that Jesus Christ died for them, rose again, ascended into glory, and they put all their trust in him, that they really would receive the Holy Spirit and be able to step up and walk and follow Jesus. And it's a process and sanctification involved. But... It's the message that is the message, and we are sent with the exact same method, motivation, and message. Now, back to Margaret Clarkson. I don't know the song well, but I just want to—I just want to read it to you slowly. I'm curious. Now I'll ask you later. Here's what she wrote after she wrestled in her in her uh, day of loneliness. She said. After she compiled her her thoughts, here's what she wrote. So send I you to labor unrewarded, to serve unpaid, unloved, unsought, unknown, to bear rebuke, to suffer scorn and scoffing. So send I you to toil for me alone. So send I you to bind the bruised and broken or wandering souls to work, to weep, to wake to bear the burdens of a world aweary, so send I you to suffer for my sake. So send I you to loneliness and longing, with heart a-hungering for the loved and known, forsaking home and kindred, friend and dear one, so send I you to know my love alone. So send I you to leave your life's ambition, to die to dear desire self will resign, to labor long and love where men revile you, so send I you to lose your life in mine. So send I you to hearts made hard by hatred, to eyes made blind because they will not see, to spend, though it be blood to spend and spare not, so send I you to taste of Calvary. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. I'm told that years later in her life, she revised the song because she said, in my day of despair and loneliness, it's not quite accurate it's the valley it's a, it's a true picture of the valley so she actually revised it and I, it actually is in our uh, one of our hymn books the revised version with a different tune that i don't know very well i don't think i'm going to bother sing how many of you know this song curious sure oh let's stand and sing it you good with that lee Okay, I'll keep. I'll stay with it. Yep. Let's let's stand, sing them all, and then we'll pray and consider ourselves dismissed. Uh, Wait. Send I you to labor unrewarded, to serve unpaid, unloved, unsought, unknown, to bear rebuke. To suffer scorn and scoffing So send I you To toil for me alone So send I you To blind the bruised and broken Or wandering souls to work, too weak, too wake to bear the burdens of a world a weary. So send I you to suffer for my sake. So send I you loneliness and loss. Long- a ring for the loved and known, forsaking home and kindred friend and dear one. So send I you to ambition to die to dear desire self will resign to labor long and love where men revile you so send I you to lose your life you, two hearts made hard by hatred, two eyes made blind because they will not see, to spend though it be blood to spend and spare not, so send I you. To taste of Calvary, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. Let's pray, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. As we close the service and we dismiss, we realize that you sent Jesus. He had a mission, he had a purpose, he was faithful through suffering, and nothing has changed. Here we are today, and we're sent. Thank you for not leaving us or forsaking us, but rather empowering us. Now, Lord, as we dismiss, send us with your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Your dismissed.